Welcome to the Stripe It Like It's Hot podcast. With your host, Cam Roberts. What's up, Pod Squad? Welcome in to episode 31 of the show. I appreciate you for listening. Welcome to the the show recorded the day after the slap heard around the world. Oh man, Will Smith cranks Chris Rock. Had nothing to do with line painting or this podcast, but I mean, oh, that's all everyone is talking about online today. The memes are flowing from that Will Smith absolute smack to the jaw, the iron jaw of Chris Rock. If you'd missed, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, just stop listening immediately. Go on YouTube and watch the thing, Will Smith versus Chris Rock. Anyways, we're here to talk about all things line painting. Thank you for listening today. Selfish Minute here. If you could give us a like and a follow on our social medias, that would be amazing. Instagram, Stripe It Podcast. Facebook page, Stripe It Like It's Hot. And the YouTube, Stripe It Like It's Hot. The channel name there. All right. Uh, hopefully you were able to catch the Facebook Live. This was on Thursday, March, whatever it was, uh, not too long ago. Uh, myself and Kyle A. Schoen from Integrity Earth and Asphalt in Traverse City, Michigan. Good friend of mine, uh, online friend, still haven't met the guy in person yet because we're, you know, 4,000 miles away or whatever ridiculous amount it is. But uh, we chatted online there, had some awesome Q&A and some good engagement from the people on Facebook there after uh, a bit of a technical... Uh, he called it technical difficulties. I called it technical retardation because we really, like, it was the simplest thing in the world to do, but I somehow managed to mess it up. But if you haven't checked it out, we're going to put it on the podcast channel, so uh, keep your ears peeled. If you missed it, you could hear it again on the podcast here very soon, or you can just go on Facebook and check it out. We talked about how to build culture in your workplace, which, as you grow and scale, or even as, you know, you're you're an employee in a business, supporting a culture is incredibly important. So we took some questions, talked about what uh, we're doing in our respective companies, mine being laser line painting, his being integrity, earth, and asphalt. And I absolutely love that guy. So check that out. All right. We need to do a quick podcast shout out. Podcast shout out goes to my dude. He was in the first edition of the Stripe at Academy last July. 12-week training program for line painting business owners to grow and scale. He is an incredible dude. He was the older statesman of the group. He is old and wise. And he is John Stanton. J&J Striping Co. He is the first J of J&J. His wife, Jill, makes up the other J. They are based in Yakima, Washington, which uh, I'm very fortunate. I'm now connected with two striping, great striping people in that city. But John has been a faithful listener. He, he listens to the episodes almost immediately when they come out. Always gives me some awesome feedback. And he's just he's just a great guy. He's uh, really in, intentionally putting some, some things going on in his business to grow it and, uh, and see how far he can push things. So shout out to you, my man, faithfully listening out there. Uh, I'd recommend you check out his website. He just redid it. Um, the company's website, it, it looks phenomenal. J&J Striping Co., com j and j stripingco.com really good uh really good website if you, if you don't have a website go look at john's i think what he did there was phenomenal lots of great things there thank you for listening john all right guys so on today's show well first of all uh, coming up very soon uh ryan vodka and i have been playing tag a little bit uh we've been trying to get each other 
to sit down just for even for 20 minutes. He's an incredibly busy guy. Ryan Vodica, aka Bunky Vodica, he's come on the show twice in the past. He is the national sales manager of Excel Paint in the United States of America. He's a, he's a great dude, very well connected. He's been in the industry for over two decades, came from the manufacturing side. Now he's the national sales manager. Basically, if you want dates on the paint shortage, this you're not going to find a better guy who's very that connected than Ryan Vodica. So um, we're going to try and get him on ASAP. He gave me some times last week. Uh, couldn't quite make it work. I we, He had to cancel last minute on one appointment, which is understandable because he's a busy guy. We're going to get some information from him because this paint shortage has not gone away. It's still very much real. And uh, he's got some information that could hopefully help you and I in the line scraping world, how to be prepared for this year. And uh, I won't speculate too much. I'd rather just save it for when, when Bunky comes on. But uh, my impression is that it won't be quite as bad. Question mark, maybe, dot, 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 sort of. I, it's tough to say. I mean, we, we have paint orders out galore. With our three local suppliers, we haven't seen anything yet. Keep your chin up, though. We'll get Bunky on here and uh, talk about that. But today, uh, I digress. Today, we're going to talk about uh, something I've been thinking a lot about. And I see this question come up a lot uh, on on social media, on Facebook. And I've had some people message me about this, too. Uh, one was just a couple of weeks ago. A gentleman in Louisiana was asking. And um, when, when, you, when you have a painting business, any business... There's obviously a lot of expenses and things that you can purchase to help facilitate the business. So I try to view those things not as expenses, but as investments. So directly speaking, uh, your your paint is an expense. I mean, it makes you money because you put it on the ground. But things that are going to give you a return on your investment are things such as additional equipment, um, ways of doing things more efficiently, whether that's upgrades on machines, Basically, anything that's going to cost you money with the goal of getting more money back. That is why it's an investment. So one question I see a lot, in particular with the striping industry, is should I save up for a line driver, a ride-on attachment or a Titan equivalent with a lazy liner? Should I get the ride-on attachment or should I get a laser? I think that's an interesting question. And it's the meta behind this is kind of the focus of today's brief brief podcast episode because it's just me today, so I'm not going to draw this out. But I think it's so critical and a huge uh, a mistake. I shouldn't say huge, but it's a mistake I think people make when they're looking at these kinds of uh, investments into their business and should I buy this, should I buy that, is you need to break it down into data. It's so easy to just think or assume that you know what the best thing to buy is. And even in that, you might have some preferences. Like, let's call it like what it is. You know, if you're tired of walking a paint machine all day and you don't have a driver attachment, I mean, maybe that driver is just worth it to you just for the sake of saving your feet, right? And not walking big parking lots. But I think it's important to use data-driven decisions. And I've, I've learned this in my business right from the moment it was just me in a minivan to today where now we're 12 people in the company, you need to make decisions to grow your company based on data. Now, if you've never used a line driver or lazy liner, or you haven't used a laser system, you're not going to have that data. But I can tell you from our our experience here and my personal experience growing from the time I got my first laser to now having multiple machines in our fleet with multiple drivers and they all have lasers, pound for pound, that 
laser attachment made by laser line manufacturing really, and I mean really, cranks out the efficiency on your jobs, which directly leads to better job profitability, which leads to you growing your business faster. Now, there's something to be said for the convenience of sitting down on a machine. And there's also something to be said that if you're performing your painting services on large parking lots, and I'm talking, you know, 400 stalls plus size parking lots, then that efficiency of that driver really comes into play. Because if you're on an open parking lot at night, you can really crank out some damage when you're on a line driver compared to walking. You know, I can think of a handful of properties that we serve annually here. You know, one in particular is a mall with well over 2,000 parking stalls. Uh, We've also done airport work uh, with many more, a couple more airports anyways, so far booked this year. I, I can't imagine having the guys go and do that without a driver. But when you're just starting out in business, or if you don't have either a ride-on attachment or a laser, I can't think of very many scenarios where that ride-on attachment is going to make a bigger efficiency um, improvement compared to a laser. Especially if you are just starting out and you're generally working on smaller parking lots. Yes, it would be convenient to have a ride-on attachment with a nice cup holder and your work light and you can clip your phone to the handlebars and just rock out and cruise. That's great. But on a, you know, 100 parking stall lot or something smaller, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to gain a ton of efficiency. Whereas if you are painting a lot at night or doing a lot of layout work, a laser system will save you a tremendous amount of work. I'm just thinking back to when I started and, you know, I read Dan Zercher's book on line painting, which I highly recommend if you're just, if you've never been in the industry before, read that book. And I went out by myself at night, evenings and weekends, snapping chalk lines by myself, no helper. And and with no laser, you have to snap a 20-foot chalk line to mark your stall lines. The amount of time I would have saved by having a laser and only having to make two little chalk marks, you know, to mark the heads and the tails of the stall and, and not have to literally like haul a 50-pound paint pail around a parking lot as my dead weight while I snap chalk lines... I mean, I would have saved so much time. And that's time I simply just, I wouldn't have saved that much time with a line driver, right? Snapping chalk lines. And when you leverage a laser in conjunction with the technology, if you have a Graco machine with auto layout, the time you're going to save is phenomenal. So I I encourage you guys, and if you're a business owner especially, I challenge you to think about these, these investments that you're making in your business on the equipment side. And really do some data-driven analysis on, is this going to directly impact my bottom line and my profitability of my company? And I think it's, you can obviously expand this to much more than just lasers and ride-on attachments. I see uh, encouragement. I see a lot on the Facebook groups for new business owners is get a second machine so that you don't have to perform color changes. And I think that's fascinating. Like, the, the cost of a machine, you know, a brand new one, we're talking thousands of dollars, potentially as much as nine, $10,000 to get a second machine, depending on which model you get. Of course, uh, that makes a huge difference. Or, you know, you could buy used and do, do things significantly less expensive, maybe a couple thousand dollars, $3,000. But when you're just starting out or when you have a small business, that is a fairly big expense to make. And if you're willing to go drop, let's say $5,000, on a, on a paint machine just to solve a color changing problem. 
like analyze how many color changes would I have to do in order to save or recoup that money from buying that second machine? So just think about this for a second. How long does it take you to do a color change on a machine? Well, that's going to vary for everybody, right? Especially, you know, in my experience, changing from uh, white to another color, significantly easier than changing from any color back to white. You have to be really careful with the white. Otherwise, you'll get some nasty looking white color. But let's just say you get it dialed in and you're really, really good at color changes, which, you know, as you do the more, you'll catch on quick. Let's say it takes you 15 minutes to do a color change. Might be a little ambitious for some, but uh, when I was doing them fairly regularly when I was starting out with solvent paint, 15 minutes was a pretty good rule of thumb. So that means in one hour you could do four color changes. So what I would challenge you to do as a business owner, if you're in this situation and you're being suggested to buy another paint machine is what is your time worth an hour, right? Like if you were to charge yourself out and your services out on an hourly basis, what is your time worth? Is it a hundred bucks an hour? Is it 200 bucks an hour? Quite likely it's going to be at least a hundred dollars an hour, especially factoring in the specialty of our industry and the fact that you need the specialized equipment. But let's, let's be ambitious and say you think your time is worth $150 an hour starting out as an owner-operator. That means to do a color change basically costs you $37, $37.50. So just round that up for the sake of ease, we'll say $40. So if you bought a $5,000 paint machine just to save color changes, but it's only costing you $40 to do a color change, that means you're going to have to do 125 color changes to justify the expense of that cost of that machine. And then you can't really truly look at that as just a true cost of the machine either because you're buying an asset. If, if you bought a new paint machine for $5,000, such as a Graco 3400 or, or an equivalent Titan, that's around the $5,000 mark. Well, that thing's a depreciating asset, so it's not going to cont- it's not going to hold its value of $5,000 forever. So just to pay off the full value up front, you need to do 125 color changes, factoring in depreciation and repairs and, you know, the fuel on, on your second piece of equipment and, you know, maybe you need to get a bigger trailer. Like you could be in this decision to get a second piece of equipment just to solve your color change problems. And it could take you, you know, well over 100, maybe even 200 color changes to justify that cost. So I, that's something I think about a lot when I see that advice given out online. It's very easy to just whip that out and type down, hey, you want to save time, get a second machine because you're wasting time on color changes. I challenge that a lot because what, is wasting, what does wasting time mean? Like if, if it's going to cost you an investment that's going to recoup 150 color changes on your machine, is that worth it to you? That is what's making a data-driven decision. Now, obviously, if you have more than an employee with you, well, now that that hundred that color change, sorry, my cat just jumped on me. If you have a second machine and maybe an employee helping you, well, now you can bake that into your data. Now you're not just buying a second machine for color changes. Now you're buying a second machine to increase production, right? So that's what I really want business owners to think about more. And this this is a thought process that you need to have whether you're a thousand dollar company or a million dollar company, like we, we are constantly making 
data-driven decisions in our business. We're going through a couple massive ones right now. We have historically uh, subcontracted out our sweeping of the parking lot. So just so everyone knows, up here in Canada, in our part of Canada anyways, we don't salt the parking lots in the wintertime. It's too cold here. All of the contractors, ourselves included, use like a sand or like basically it's like consider it small rocks, basically like a gravel. So in the springtime, all these parking lots are, have tons of gravel on them, lots of sand. They're basically filthy. So sweeping is a pretty, you know, busy season up here. We're, we're just getting into sweeping season now, and that'll go basically April and May. So to buy like one of these sweeping trucks, I was shocked when I started going down this rabbit hole. Like you're looking at a quarter of a million dollars in some cases, sometimes even more, $300,000 for a brand new sweeping truck. And that's why in our market, you see so many contractors with skid steers just put on a smaller sweep attachment which is fine they they have a use they're not as user friendly and they you could argue they don't do as good of a job but the reason why so many contractors in our market do that is because the cost of these sweeping units are astronomical so now in our company we have kind of a unique opportunity to perhaps work with some paving companies to sweep behind their asphalt milling projects so if you're going to take on a project like that, asphalt millings are pretty hard on a skid steer sweeper. In fact, I don't think you could really do it. You need to really look at the proper equipment, which is one of these drivable sweeping units. So how do we know at our company, and Laser's been going through this for the last two weeks, how do we know if it's going to be worth the expense? Like, let's say we find a used sweeping unit for $50,000. That's a pretty big expense. And because it's used... You know, you're going to have to factor in some other costs associated with that, get some repair parts and, and extra wear parts right away. Uh, even though it's used, it's still probably something you would finance. Now you're going to be making payments and some interest on it to, to bring that asset into the fleet. So our we have to analyze as a company what makes the most sense financially. Now, we had an opportunity given to us verbally that would give us around probably forty to $50,000 of revenue just in the sweeping alone. And so that, that makes it a lot easier to get into that kind of service offering with that piece of equipment when you have somebody who's willing to offer you a contract, basically the, the equal value of the cost of the equipment. But again, you have to go into all of the costs because not only do you have to buy that equipment, but it's going to be a depreciating asset. You're going to have to have specialized employees or at the very least employees and give them specialized training on how to operate that equipment. Now you have specific maintenance tasks associated with that. So even though it looks like on paper, you know, if laser line painting finds a, what we think is a good unit for $40,000 and we think, well, that's great because we're going to get a $40,000 project off of it. We have to really dig into the, the costs of the operating of it and the insurance of it and the repairs of it and depreciation. So I, I encourage you guys to do that for everything because that data is what's going to help you make a wise decision. It is far too easy in running a business to just get shiny object syndrome and think if I buy A, that will solve problem B, so the equal will be C. If I buy the second painting machine, I won't have to do color changes and I'll save all this time. Really take the time to think about what you're getting from those investments so that you can run a smarter, leaner, and more profitable business. No matter, no matter how big your company is, Use the data, think about carefully about the things you're purchasing, why you're doing them, 
This especially would apply when you're thinking and considering of getting into alternate service offerings like many paint com- painting companies do. Uh, you know, they eventually branch into things such as asphalt maintenance and pothole repair and infrared repair and crack filling and sealing and, and sweeping in my case and snow removal. And, and like you could get caught up in a lot of services and some of them might be wise, but some of them might just be bogging you down with that investment into it. It's so easy to see one or two maybe even three really good-looking work opportunities and think, this is my time to jump on it. This is the time for me to add this service because I have this great opportunity to do a $10,000 ceiling job or a $20,000 sweeping job. Well, you have to look beyond the revenue. You have to really dig into those costs. If you need any assistance with that, I would love to help you. Something I work, or I think about a lot in my business I'm by no means an expert at it, but if this is a new concept to you and you're thinking about maybe an additional purchase, just shoot the, shoot us a DM on the Instagram. I'm usually on there. I'll respond right away or as soon as I can anyways. And I would love to, to give you guys a hand and help you out with some of those bigger capital decisions and when and why to do them. Hopefully somebody out there today found value from that and something has definitely helped me in my business. Uh, if, if it did, let me know. Please send a DM, send an email. I love the feedback from the show. We'll uh, put out some things on social media here to promote this too, so you can drop some comments in there on the social media, on the Instagram, if you found value in this episode. Thank you guys. Shorter one today. We'll try and get Bunky on here as soon as possible. Bunky Vodka for an interview on the paint shortage. Until then, keep your stripes hot and don't cheese off Will Smith or he'll get you. Talk to you next week.